Let's talk voice one, two, three. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. Having your voiceover demos easily playable and downloadable on your website is essential. The Voice Sam Player lets you do that across any device and browser. There are also options for adding play buttons in your email signature, tracking your listens, and even putting videos in your demo player. Sign up now at voicesam.com slash markscott and receive an instant $25 credit. For full details and to claim this offer, visit voicesam.com slash markscott. The VOpreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original Everyday VOpreneur. Hello, and welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. I'm Mark Scott, the original Everyday VOpreneur, back with more actionable, practical advice to help you grow your voiceover business. This online casting site series has been designed specifically to give you greater insight and understanding into how all of these different casting platforms work so that you can maximize your return on investment potential from them. Are you enjoying? Are you learning? Would you do me a quick favor before we get into this week's episode? Would you take a minute to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening to the Everyday Vopreneur podcast? I would really appreciate it. Voice123 is definitely a little bit different from all of the other casting sites. There are things that you need to understand about how it works. And I know after you finish listening to this interview with the CEO, you are definitely going to have a better understanding of how things work. The online casting series continues with the OG platform. So Voice123 was the world's first open marketplace for professional voice actors. By far, it is one of the most popular platforms for voice actors, even all these years later. The current CEO has been with the company since 2018, and you've likely seen him at any number of industry conferences speaking on subjects ranging from artificial intelligence, the gig economy, digital media working remotely, and of course, the future of voiceover. Welcome to the show, Rolf Feldman. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to getting into this with you today, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you up front. I like to start with the tough questions first, and then, you know, we get easier <laughs> as the interview goes on. So I, I'm sure you probably already know where this is going, but we got to talk about the Voice123 ranking system or the rating system. And, and I'm hoping yeah. that we can really start to help talent understand how it works better so that they can use it more efficiently. But hands down, it's it's probably the number one frustration, talent not getting the thumbs up. And sometimes uh, my understanding is that buyers will use it as a way of sorting auditions and then they take away the thumbs up once they've made their hiring decisions. Now, I recently conducted what I will admit was a highly unscientific survey, but (laughs) 71% of voice actors that were surveyed and almost 100 voice actors answered the survey said that they actually had their rankings go down after a booking because they didn't get the thumbs up. So with this liking system having such an impact on rankings, what is Voice123 doing to try to, I guess, better educate buyers and, and solve this challenge? Yeah, because the challenge it is, and, and I think we're very much, it's not a secret that uh, it is not a loved system that we had and that it has it has fundamental flaws. Now, it has fundamental flaws for a reason. So uh, we have always struggled a bit with the fact that we want to be an open platform, that we want to keep it 
as open as possible that you uh, that people have set their emails in their profile that that work can move outside of voice on the three and that all we do is basically match you with the client but we also want to make sure that uh, we're doing a good job mm -hmm. that we're showcasing quality talent to our to our clients and because one of the reasons clients come to voice on the three is because they think okay this is an abundance of talent that mm -hmm. have high quality studios that can perform high quality voiceovers so we need to come up with a system for those who've been in industry for quite a long time and previously to what the system that we have now we had smartcast yep. which was the algorithm that our founder alexander wrote and by the time i joined uh, nobody understood anymore we did not <laughs> realize how it worked what were all the minor tweaks so we try to go back to basics right the very basics that we uh that we wanted is what is the most simplest indication of us doing our job when it comes to the client uh who is posting the job and we came to the conclusion that what we should deliver is auditions that are relevant and uh, that might be 10 auditions that are relevant even though you're just going to book one but the way that we impress clients is that if you request 25 voice actors to submit you get 25 good voice actors and not three good ones and then uh, 22 who maybe don't have a good audio setup okay we didn't want to close it off by uh making it a forced flow having clients let us know which one did you book which one did you like which one did you didn't like because we tried that and all of our testing indicated that as soon as we make it more annoying for the clients they go elsewhere sure uh so uh, we ended up going with the liking system and that's basically how the algorithm works whether you get a like or not for an audition is an influence on your ranking score together with the membership that you have okay and what we're trying to do to improve it is uh also for those who don't know we have now a booking functionality that allows clients to either book you directly or to book you from the audition that you submitted and that is now also counting as a like on uh, the algorithm okay so we're trying to make incremental updates without trying to make it too complex but we know that we will always be have a fundamental flaw in there the thing that i would say in our defense or in in what is in favor of how the algorithm is currently working that it it is bringing the clients the kind of voiceover uh artists and the kind of voice actors that they need and they keep coming back for it that doesn't mean that it is fixed we need to improve it but that's the shortest version of uh, how i can explain this and i always have to go back a bit because i'm in the end an historian so i'll start always at the beginning I get that it's a challenge, right? And I certainly understand barriers, right? The more steps that you make somebody take yep. in anything, the less likely that they are to take it. And I know voice actors will say, you know, I've I've put in my proposal, you know, would you go back and like my audition? Or after I've got the booking, you know, I've I've asked them, would you yep. please mind going back and liking my audition and, and stuff like that? It it seldom ever produces results. Yep. But then like I had one voice actor in particular who said they booked three jobs in one week. Nice. But their percentage dropped 30% because not one of those three got a like. And yeah. so then because their percentage dropped so far, it actually, I guess, because I don't fully understand. So correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but because their yep. percentage dropped, now they've booked three jobs, but they end up actually getting punished because they see fewer auditions or they're not getting the auditions as quickly. And that so, last one. Yep. yeah, so, so. What do you say to that talent who's doing everything right, but it seems like they're getting punished for something that's beyond their control? Yeah, super annoying. Um, so what we try to do to compensate that is let clients know, okay, if you're working with a voice actor like that voice actor, because then uh, 
we in our system know that they're that the audition was good and we can start recommending um, uh, similar or even as good people for the next time as soon as we tell clients if you like the voice actor it has an influence on the voice actor performance they start liking every single proposal right thus reducing the system to nothing yep uh so what I would say to that voice actor uh, who has this problem, like, the good thing is that you're getting booked three times in one week. Take that. It's hard to get started in this industry regardless. Uh, I don't really have an answer right now would be the, would be what I have to tell them because in in the larger scheme of things, the system works, but in an individual cases, it sucks. Yeah. That's the that's the balance that I have to hold in my hands here. I, I look at the big picture and I see, okay, the algorithm is delivering. We also know of these individual cases. And to be honest, I don't know the right way to solve them. So I'm wondering about, and, and this was something that actually came to me from another voice actor. We were having yeah. a conversation and I thought, hey, there, there might be something here. We were talking out a little bit, but something where could you make it possible for the voice actor to confirm through their dashboard that they did actually book the job and maybe they have to provide a, an invoice number or something like that, or just because we know that the client's not going to go back and do it after the fact. Is there a way that you can do it on the voice talent side without the system being abused because that would obviously be the next concern right is every voice actor gets suddenly yeah. gets booked for every job which we know that doesn't work that way either no it's a great solution because if we know uh, of one thing is that the people who drive our platform are our voice actors and they're the most active uh, clients use us for free in the first place and uh, it's hard to get a hold of them on our end as well and mm -hmm. they use us similar to how Maybe you use Google, yep. so it's very hard to, to get in touch with them. Yep. Uh, but this is this is one of the solutions that uh, we're we're trying to develop. And then precisely the caveat is there: how can we make sure that people are not gaming the system? Yep. So it would always have to come back to let's say you got booked for a job, you let us know that you got booked for that job. The next time the client logs in, they would have to confirm. Okay. Yeah. That might be the flow that we have to do to solve this because there will it, still always be cases where a client there's a lot of clients that come to voice on three and they use it once yep. or they use it once every nine months or once every yep. two years so it, it won't solve the problem completely it will just bring us a bit more closer to the truth without more steps, yeah. sacrificing uh, the openness that i think our platform has so talk to us about the the booking system then because that if i understand that's something that's relatively new to the site then because one thing that voice one two three is always prided itself on. And I think one of the reasons why voice actors have always loved the site is because you don't try to get involved in all of the other steps. You literally yeah. were a dating service for lack of a better term, right? <laughs> you, you make the connection between buyer and, and seller, and then you get out of the way. What's the booking system all about? And is that something like, I know other sites that do it and they charge percentages or they take fees for using their booking system. So how does one, two, threes work? Yeah, so we uh, we were pretty activistic about never doing that. And uh, what we realized is that cl the clients come to our, our platform and they either need a payment solution, meaning they want to integrate with uh, like a payment system that let's say we offer, or they want to build, they want to buy some extra trust, or they want to do international transactions. Uh, there's plenty of use cases where clients want to uh, maybe have more of a secure system of booking a voice actor, similar to voice actors sometimes wanting their first client maybe go through a booking system. Sure. And we realized that those kind of clients moved away from us. For those who don't know, uh, up until 2021, uh, our founder, Alex Negra and uh, Tanya Zapata had Voice on 3, but they also had Voice Bunny. Mm -hmm. And Voice Bunny is basically the closed equivalent of what Voice on 3 is, right? Okay. Uh, and 
we were realizing that the kind of clientele that was going to Voice Bunny, we could not serve. Uh, I remember having a client, uh, Walmart, actually, I was managing that. Uh, we're trying to close them on Voice on the Three, but they had to move somewhere else because they wanted to have an integrated system. They want to book voice actors directly. So we have to move those clients away. We struggled a bit with trying to activate that feature of booking. Uh, should we do it? Do people Are people going to fear that we do what Voices did the, uh, a couple of years ago? Mm -hmm. uh, how can we make it as transparent as possible? So we figured we should not make it obligatory. It's an optional feature for those who want it. So it's basically a booking and secure payment feature that either clients or voice actors can enable. You can share your personalized link anywhere or a client can book you and decide to pay through the sites. Uh, we charge 9% on top of, so it's $100. We charge an extra 9%, so $9 to the client. The voice actor gets $100 and that's basically the system. And we're trying to make it more useful to also build in some kind of CRM type functionalities where you can have a better overview of, hey, this is what I'm earning on Voice Onto 3 as a voice actor or from a client perspective. This, these are the people who I'm booking on Voice on 3 so we can better recommend them. So we're keeping it as an optional feature that is around, but we haven't promoted it as such because we've been building it for the last two years, slowly uh, introducing it based on feedback of both of our uh, voice clients and voice actors. So the big difference, if I'm understanding correctly, unlike one of the other platforms that claim that the client side always pays the fees, but we all know yeah. that that's absolutely not what happens. Mm -hmm. You're saying the clients absolutely pay the fees. So yeah. the talent gets the full amount, which is great. And if they're booked through the booking system, that then does automatically like their uh, their project, which yeah, if it comes ranks from in the algorithm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's it's, it's a kind of extra information piece. Look, having said that, that, it was my pitch originally to the team that the person who requested should pay for the service. So we had a both, uh, a both way system because sometimes from a voice actor perspective, you want to buy in that excess security. So we would charge the 9% to the voice actor. Okay. And again, learned the same lesson over and over and over again is that uh, clients want to pay that uh, without a doubt, even, especially if they know that otherwise the voice actor would be paying. So we gave this conundrum to our clients saying, yep. the voice actor has requested secure payment. They're willing to pay for it. Uh, would you mind taking over that fee? And almost all of them said yes. And it's kind of nice. I, th I thought it was kind of a nice data point that uh, yeah. the clients are mostly aware of their position in this in this dynamic between the individual, the voice actor, and normally the corporation, the client. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about removing barriers, right? Because if yeah. you don't do it this way now, the voice actor's got to invoice. That invoice ultimately has mm -hmm. to integrate with the client's system. Yep. And and if the client's working with a number of different voice actors, they've got to add all these different vendors. And right, it can get complicated on the client side, which is something that the voice actor doesn't always understand. And so if you're offering a one-stop solution on the platform, it does make yeah. it easier on the client side. So it makes sense that, it, you know, they're willing to pay for the convenience of only having to deal with one yeah. payment system. So I, I like that. So that's a good solution. But like you said, it's still something that I guess you said you haven't heavily promoted it yet. Still something that it's in the works, but it's good for voice actors to understand that it's there and how it works. Yeah. yeah. Right on. You can. Yeah, you can try it out yourself. Yeah. So. Continuing with the algorithm and just trying to understand the ranking systems a little bit, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but there's there's a, a hard icon, which is to favorite a, a talent, and then there's the thumbs up, which is to like their audition. Is is that yeah. correct? Okay. Yes. And they were positioned too close to each other, and sometimes clients confuse them, confuse one for the other. Okay. Yeah. 
So do the, well, first of all, I guess, what is the difference between those, just to clarify, and do they equally influence the algorithm and, and talent ranking? Only likes influence the talent algorithm Okay. from the project posting perspective. Okay. Uh, from the, the hearts are basically like, these are favorite actors that I want to work with in the future. So it's just so a way it, to build a list, basically. It's basically a short list and okay. hopefully in the one of the next features that we're building, working on is for clients then to invite only people from their favorite list to audition. Okay. Like that kind of, uh, that, that's the functionality. And it, it's, it, it's related more to the search side of Voice on 3. So we have two algorithms. One is projects posted and you audition. And the other one is our search algorithm where uh, basically it's your profiles depending on if the client fills in, I, I need uh, like English USA, or I need uh, this specific location, or I need this specific uh, sample that I want to hear. Uh, and that's where these favorites filtering and uh, other keyword filtering are more important. So we have two algorithms, uh, but I'm, I'm starting to confuse things. The likes are only useful for the algorithm. The favorites don't have an impact at all. Okay. Besides the clients can see, hey, other other clients want to work with this voice actor. Okay. So then we understand if you're submitting an audition and mm -hmm. you, you get a like, that's good. That bumps you up in yep. the algorithm. But if you submit a bunch of auditions that don't get liked, that can bring you down in the algorithm. Yep. What about auditions that are not opened? Because we all know that there are clients that ask for 100 and then only listen to 20. So what about those 80 that didn't get opened? Do they impact Count? the no. algorithm? No. No. Okay. So that's good to know as well. Because I know that that's something that Sometimes it happens, right? I mean, hey, look, you ask for 100 auditions, but you find exactly what you want on the fifth one you listen to, then yeah. why do you listen to the rest? So it's nice to know that those ones aren't impacting. So then let's... I think the most popular one is 20, by the way. The 100 example doesn't happen. I think I don't think we have an 100 option. Okay, so then that's something... Yeah. I mean, and look, admittedly, I'm not on the platform. I haven't been on the platform <laughs> for a while. Fine. Back in the day, yeah. the, you know, you used to see 100, you used to see 200. I never understood why somebody would ask for 200 because I knew they probably weren't going to listen, but... It's nice to know then that the, that that is a shift that has taken place. Well, the, what I what I would like to add on that is most clients do when they go through it, they do listen. Uh, it's just what I learned is that sometimes they only listen for a second and a half. Mm -hmm. We thought it would be at least so we had a minimum listening time which was about three seconds, and we figured out why are none of these samples being listened to? We changed the minimum listening samples to about one second, and then suddenly way more. That means that a lot of people who go through auditions already in that first second realize. Uh, on the very basic fundamentals of mostly audio and studio quality, this is good or not good, out of the way. And then they start to listen more. So they do the initial shift, one, 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 and then 100 uh, is not so much. Uh, if we were to have the option of 100, um, so they do listen in most of the time when they, but they don't listen for that long, which is also good for voice actors to know is that similar to the first impression that you have in real life, that first couple of seconds on your sample is very important. That's an incredibly insightful data point that I would yeah. not, I mean, I would have been with you. I would have thought, you know, maybe three, maybe five seconds or something, but one second. And I think one thing that you said, which is something that I've talked about in other uh, episodes or other interviews is the importance of your studio quality, because it doesn't take very long to tell whether or not somebody's studio sounds good or their audio quality sounds good. And, and if you're recording the audition in your car while you're at the grocery store because you don't want to miss it for example you're mm -hmm. probably just wasting your time because the quality is it's going to sound like you recorded it in your car at the grocery store so wow one second one and a half seconds to make that first impression uh, that's it's, really important to note 
is the number one so our we did a massive survey among our clients what do you find the most important like on a scale of 10 we named 10 different items which one do you rank them in order of most importance i always thought that the performance mm -hmm. would be the most important thing that clients filter on or look for uh, but the perception of most clients who are looking for a voiceover already think that a lot of people are great so they tend to prioritize other things what they prioritize number one is your audio setup because they're working through the weeds of many other places. Clients are not just coming to Voice on the Three. Mm -hmm. They're going on social media, they're going on other platforms. And most of their work is going through maybe not so great audio quality. The second one is the relationship. How easy is it to work with this person? Yep. So what does that message convey that is maybe kind or friendly versus like it that that initial contact is very important. And the yeah. last one is is like how available are they? Not necessarily that you have to record in, in the next hour or two, but how available are you in terms of messaging? Uh, do I have to wait a couple of hours for you to respond? Or are you pretty available and consistent and predictable in your communication? So those three things, relationship, audio quality, and consistency in communications were the most important things. That's an incredibly important insight. If you're a voice yeah. actor listening to this right now, take note of those three things because those are three things that you can easily fix. They are well within your control. And if you're not hitting any of those marks right now, that could be the difference between mm -hmm. a booking and, and, and not getting a booking. One of the questions I get asked by voice actors all of the time is, where do I look for voiceover work? Now, the obvious answer, of course, is online casting. And that's what this casting site series has been all about. But what about beyond online casting? Where do I go to find voiceover work? Who do I contact? Who are the people that are hiring voice actors? That is what my 101 Ways to Find VO Leads Masterclass is all about. It literally is what it says it is. Over 100 ideas for where to look for voiceover leads, for how to create voiceover opportunities for yourself. I know as you get into this masterclass, you are going to be inspired with ideas that you had never even considered before. So if you don't want to just rely on traditional sources like online casting and agents, which by the way, you shouldn't rely exclusively on them, I think this masterclass may be just what you need in order to step up your marketing efforts. You can find the details and get instant access to the course by signing up at markscottcoaching.com. That's 101 ways to find VO leads available at markscottcoaching.com. Now back to our show. So we've talked a lot about the algorithm as far as the ranking system is concerned. Let's talk about it a little bit more generally. With Voice123, you can't just submit auditions for every single one that lands in your inbox. You do have to be a little bit more strategic. So talk to us about how the algorithm works from that standpoint and what voice actors need to keep in mind while auditioning so that they can maximize their success potential on the site. So it comes back to the, to the same logic of uh, we want to bring the most relevant, uh, which I choose that word carefully. It's not maybe the best, but the most relevant audition to the client. Mm -hmm. So that's how you should go through your inbox as well. Are these invitations that I'm receiving, are they relevant towards what I can do? We see a lot of people maybe going too far outside of their, not just comfort zone, but their ethnic zone or their language zone yep. uh, auditioning to jobs. Stay within your pocket. It's for yes. a reason that we send you more uh, and we don't want to be precisely right. We want you, we want to give you the 
that sounds a bit corny, but when it give you the power of no, like you sift through the auditions, you tell us what's relevant for you and you and based on that, uh, you audition. If you really don't want to receive certain kind of auditions that have certain keywords, you can you can put that in and you won't receive those invitations anymore, but you go through them. But with that comes a sense of responsibility that you just don't audition for everything. Mm -hmm. Auditions for the ones that are right. And if there's two minutes left on the clock for an audition, for a project or one hour on a three-day project, it is unlikely that you'll be uh, the one that is hurt uh, straight away. So I would take all of those components in. Having said that, not every client has their inbox sorted in such a way that they receive the first one first and the last one last. They do it on uh, sometimes even alphabetically. You can sort in different ways. Okay. Uh, but my main advice would be uh, be empathetic about the other person requesting the audition. Will you? Do you think what you're going to offer is relevant? Don't use it as a shotgun approach. Be very targeted. I think it's interesting because what I was thinking as you were saying that was, you know, the perception for a lot of talent is that the algorithm is just an unnecessary pain in the butt. But what I'm hearing you say is the algorithm forces talent to stay honest. Like that's yeah. that's how I'm perceiving it. And it, it brings to mind, I recently did an interview with Liz Atherton from Cast Voices. Mm -hmm. And she talked about it, an instance where a casting director on the site said that 25% of the auditions that he received, and this was on 100 auditions, 25% of them he threw out immediately because they did not even remotely meet the specs. And it was yeah. just voice actors who were pitching saying, I know I'm not right for this one, but keep me in mind for the next one, which is a really great way to make sure that you don't ever get kept in mind for any of them. <laughs> and so whereas th you know that requires human intervention on voice one, two, three, that's that's algorithm intervention, right? It, yeah. it forces talent to stay honest. And if you are consistently auditioning outside of your lane or what you are realistically capable of doing, then, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there should be consequences for that because you're not only are you wasting the, the person's time who's doing the casting, but you're also taking slots away from voice actors who might fit better if there's mm -hmm. only, you know, 25 available, for example. Yes. Uh, so... I 100% agree. It still leaves us with the problem of the example that you gave. I got booked three times, yeah. yet I'm going down in my ranking score. So I think, in my opinion, maybe conceptually, the algorithm works, but there's plenty of work to do. A never-ending process of yeah. constantly. And I mean, I think this is kind of how you, maybe where you ended up, where you were. You said SmartCast. By the time you redid the whole thing, it yeah. had been tweaked so many times that you felt like we just got to start over again and so start now you're scratch. starting over again and, and going through the tweaks and and trying to get it to where it is so i mean what about for the talent then who has used the site improperly and for a lot of them it's just because they don't understand they don't even recognize mm -hmm. that there are you know rules to play within which they should but many don't so now they've found themselves in the lower percentiles what does it take to improve the rankings is it just a matter of good auditions and getting likes yes and time so i think what i what i would say to people getting started is try voice on the three but also try other casting sites like liz or like others start with a free membership on voice on the three to figure out how the system works if it works for you if you're ready maybe start upgrading and even then if you're in a lower percentage over time uh, we calculated over one year's worth of data there's two reasons one is that that we, we don't want to reward a person who has had one good year like five years ago, but also for people to keep reiterating on what they did. So uh, it recalculates every 
I'm going to gamble here. It might be two weeks or three weeks. Every two to three weeks, and it takes the last year's worth of data. Okay. So you're constantly changing that percentage. Okay. I think what our next step is, is because the, the, the algorithm percentages that we have there, it's not very fair to the, market where you're in, to the market where you're in. Let's say I'm going to work on that a bit more. But what, what I'm trying to say here is that you, Mark, and I would operate in a different voiceover market. Mm -hmm because we won't addition to the same jobs because I am, I'm as Dutch as can be. So my accent caters to a different niche than yours. Mm -hmm. So, but maybe within my group, I'm in a top 10%, but maybe in a, in a larger group, I'm in a top 30%. So I think our next step is to better show you what, how, who are the people that you are competing with on voice on the three. If you look at your age, gender range, uh, gotcha. purpose of voiceover that you're working in. Okay. All right. So again, you know, it's, it's always a work in progress. Mm-hmm. So another thing that I have heard, and, and I'm curious about how this works, a lot of voice actors say that they frequently see auditions coming in overnight. So is that actually the case? Are they coming in overnight or is it how they are distributed based on, I'm assuming, algorithm ranking and possibly membership tier? Does that, that make yeah, a difference? So the, the, the second one is, is the more common scenario where let's say the project is posted at 3 p.m. Okay. Um, and in the first couple of rounds, there's not enough additions. We send another round and another round, and that's all algorithmically okay. decided. Uh, so it might be that for that reason, it's in the middle of the night. There's also, of course, the use case of people in Europe posting jobs or people in Australia sure. posting jobs, people in North America. But the, I think the most common scenario here is um, where just the second or third round gets sent at night. And so if we haven't figured that out, how to, how to, uh, what is the best way to do that? Either wait for the morning or, or, uh, only invite people who are awake at a certain time to make sure it's fulfilled. But it really right. depends on like, if the deadline is 48 hours, then whether you receive it at night or in the morning, like for the project itself, doesn't really matter because everybody then has that same problem. Right. Um, so we, yeah, there's multiple options here, but yeah, it does happen. But it sounds like a, a a part of the reason for that then is is your ranking on the platform. And so it, again, yeah. it becomes incentive to keep your, to stay in the upper percentiles. I'm curious, like what would be considered the upper percentiles? Is it the top 10, top 20, top top 30? How does that work? Yeah, top, top 40, 50, that's all in the, on the, with basically half. Okay. I mean, it's it's not a, not like a very linear so uh, it's if, an algorithm. So it, I'm, I'm repeating what my algorithm engineer is, is telling me now, but it is not like a, Top 10 equals five and top 20 equals three. And it, it's not that linear. Okay. So it if, really depends. So yeah. if somebody has a, if they're in the top 20 and somebody's in the top 40, there's what you're saying is it, it seems like a, you know, 20% spread and it's a wide spread, but it m may not actually be as much of a spread as you may perceive if you're strictly yeah. looking at 20 to 40. Is that, but then again, it, it also depends on the market, right? So the most right. popular market still is, uh, in our platform is adult male us. Okay. Right. Then there's a lot of people in that group. Then it does make a bit of a difference. Okay. But if, if you go for female English UK, then the differences in percentile don't matter that much because okay. we're going to almost have to invite everybody to fulfill this project anyway. So that's good to know too then, right? Because sometimes it's really easy to just look at the numbers and feel discouraged, but it may yeah. not be as big of a spread as, as you think, strictly yeah. looking at the percentiles. All right. Yes. Good to know. So the last time I looked at the site, I think there was like nine different membership tiers now, and correct me if I'm wrong on that. 
Mm-hmm. What what are the differentiators? What what requires nine different tiers? Like if to me it feels like it makes it more complicated, but I'm sure there's logic and, and reason behind it. So <laughs> yeah. how do you figure out which, you know, I guess how to talent figure out what the best tier is for them and, and why so many tiers to choose from in the first place? So let me answer that second question first. Why so many tiers? Uh, when uh, I helped design it, we started with 50, which was a bit bit much. And we reduced it all the way to 10 that we have now. Okay. And the logic for it was that before this system, we had either a free memberships completely blocked off on the platform. We had a 395 membership or we had the 5,000 platinum membership, which we only reserved to about 60 people. Okay. And we realized that we're not catering to one market, which is North America, uh, but we have a global presence. So um, we needed to come up with price points in between is okay. what we felt like we get, it's too much for if you live in again the netherlands to pay 395 considering the volume of projects that flow through voice on three gotcha okay so what what we tried to do was um and this is mostly guesstimate because we don't we we don't see every project uh, being closed on voice on three but we took the logic of you need to get about a five to one return on your investment to join voice on three within the next within two years so if you pay three ninety five, you need to get five times that within the next two years. That okay. in part comes from maybe booking that one client that keeps rebooking you over and over and over becomes a consistent client, but should also come from uh, from just getting booked on the site. Okay. And we realized we have a very big American market, and uh, in the previous system we had fewer voice actors who were paying members, and we had fewer activity on the platform because if you pay, you're more invested in the platform. Versus if you're not paying, if it's just a, another free site that you use, you check in every couple of days. But if you made an investment, you're part of part of the of the platform in a more active way. We realized that as soon as we started to open more tiers, these projects got fulfilled uh, faster or by more people, and our clients kept coming back in a higher rate. Okay. So for us, it was a way to make sure that our clients got enough auditions right. in more and more and more markets. Nice. So that's the logic okay. of uh, that makes sense. adding the membership tiers. Now, I forgot the first question. Um, trying to figure out what is the, the right tier oh, yeah. for somebody to join, which I'm guessing based on partly on what you just said is going to depend on the market that they're in by the sounds of yes, it. Yes. And that's the kind of numbers that we're trying to show there. Uh, but if you, as you also know from Voice on 3, we're a tech company. And if we're bad at one thing, then it's about either PR or explaining ourselves. <laughs> um, uh, you've seen that with the launch a couple of years ago. But we try to do that in, if you go to our membership plans page, you can see, okay, how many competing voice actors are in the same group that I am in. And the group is uh, basically uh, age and gender uh, plus language. Okay. And then based on that, uh, we also show you like, this is the amount of invitations you could expect. Okay. Like it's no guarantee because it's in the future. Like sure. if clients stop booking, uh, stop posting projects, then it's, it's, it's uh, casts in the sky. Sure. And it might be that you have a very poor performance on voice on three, you might also not get it, but this is what people through the middle receive in that plan. Okay. We try to, the same logic that I'm trying to verbally do here, we try to put it into our membership page, but we haven't, uh, we can still improve there. Okay. But it does make sense, right? If you can see that there's only, you know, 50 other voices that are, that match your spec specifically because you're from a, a smaller country or a very niche yeah. or whatever versus, you know, you're competing against 15,000 people, then it makes sense that you yeah. choose your, your tier wisely in the amount that you want to pay. So, okay. That definitely does explain it a little bit better because I look at nine tiers and I'm like, 
this just feels really complicated. Yeah. But not all markets yeah. are created equal, right? And no. And so that makes sense for for why you're doing it that way. I think so. One of the things that I've always liked about the platform, and I think one of the things that all talent like about the platform, and we've touched on this a little bit, you really do just want to connect voice seekers and voice buyers. And you're you're not trying to get involved in everything else. And, you know, there's there's other sites out there where it feels like, well, there's one in particular that basically triple dips the talent, right? You pay your yeah. membership fee, then you pay hidden commissions, and then you pay fees for escrow and all of that sort of stuff. And so it just feels like we're getting dinged at every level. And that's something that Voice123 has always been, uh, they've always avoided. You just want to match seekers and buyers. Is that yes. the way that it's going to continue to remain? Like I know the introduction of the booking thing, it sounds like it was something that you you, you didn't necessarily want to get into, but there's definitely value in it, I can see. And it sounds like you're trying to do things the right way to keep it fair on both sides. So is the goal still just to stay connecting seekers and buyers and not getting too heavily involved in all the other stuff? I think, yeah, I think most companies fail if they try to do more than they can. So I think stick our core thing that we know we can and we know we do well is that we, when a client needs a voiceover or a voice actor, we can send them the, the most, the, the best ones they need for the job. So we need to keep at it. And most of the, the reasons the clients choose us over other sites is precisely because they can build that direct relationship with you. So we should keep it that way. Having said that, we're also a company that wants to grow. And my, and my belief in growing the company is not necessarily that we should take more, but that we should provide more. Mm -hmm. So that's why we've been dabbling in what is bookings or that might turn into more of a service where uh, we help the client maybe long distance direct the voice actor. We have a lot of voice voiceover experts in our, in our company. We might uh, start offering more uh, work together with people who offer courses for, for voice actors who get started to make sure that their sound environment is right. So most of the how we're trying to grow is keep the core the same, but build things around it that might help the whole voiceover process. One of them is that kind of booking solution, but not making it take over right. the entire company. Okay, I like that. So you, you just mentioned courses. So let me ask you this, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but uh, Natasha and Catherine, V123 Pros, they've created this course, which... Yeah. Everybody that I've talked to that has taken it has has confirmed that it has made a profound difference on their mm -hmm. success level on the site. Does Voice123 support that? Do you endorse it? Is there any connection there at all? Or do you create I mean, your own resources? What, what do you have to say about that? We, we have our own resource called The Booth, where we try to uh, give this kind of entry-level uh, information about the voiceover industry. The same for our client side. We have Voice Talks. But Natasha basically came to us saying, like, I have a lot of people wanting to learn more about how Voice on 3 works. And like I mentioned earlier already, we're not that great in explaining it all the time. Uh, so we started promoting them on our on the booth. Okay. And uh, But I think that's the only relationship we have. We promote many other coaches or educators. So it's not an exclusive thing. They ba they basically build a, a, a course on how to use Voice on 3. And we occasionally say, well, you actually got that wrong and you got that right. So That's you are, there is a, there is a level of involvement there though, to make sure that the information is, I yes. guess, current. Cause I, it sounds like the algorithm, you're always working on a new tweak or a change yeah. or something like that. And so, okay. Yeah. Cause then, I mean, it really is a good resource. And, and it's one thing that I tell people all the time. I'm like, look, if you're going to make the investment in voice one, two, three, one way or another, whether it's a time investment or a financial investment in a course or something like that, before you even get started, 
get a basic understanding of how the algorithm works because the site does work differently. And if you learn yeah. that from the get-go, you'll be in a lot better position than if you get yourself in the basement and now you've got to try to work your way back out again. And even even start it for start for free and just complete your profile. It yeah. is wild to me that less than 20% of the voice actors on Voice on 3 have a completed profile. Wow. And wow. completed means, okay, work on the samples in a way that we suggest you work on them. Yep. Uh, add information on uh, what you can do on your profile. Don't just stuff it with keywords, uh, but just fill it out completely. Mm -hmm. And you already are, even if you have a a free profile on Voice on the 3, occasionally a client will, will, will find you because yep. you have spend an extra hour on your profile just optimizing it in the way that voice on the three works. I think what people are confusing, uh, what people are doing wrong sometimes, is if they have a, uh, a profile on cast voices, on voices, or on voice on the three, or on any of the other platforms, they just copy paste the same thing. Yeah. All these sites work different. Yes. They have the same goal, but they work different. So is there a resource that maybe we could put it in the show notes or something? Is there a resource, a blog, a PDF or something that people could go to that does kind of outline this is how to do your profile properly on voice one, two, three. These are the yep. things. Okay. So yep. we'll, we'll put that in the show notes so that if anybody wants Perfect. to check that out later, uh, they can do that. All right. So let's switch gears a little bit. Talk to us about AI on the platform. Mm -hmm. Voice actors obviously have a lot of fear around AI because they assume it's coming for their job in their industry. <laughs> and I think that a lot of that fear has to do with a lack of information and a lack of understanding so what role is AI playing in voice one, two, three right now? And where do you see that going? All right, it's a big question. Uh, so let me start off by saying that it was the number one thing that scared me when I joined the company in 2018. In fact, my board of directors said we have one big threat on the horizon and it is the shutter stuck of voiceover, mm -hmm. right? You get a get Getty images of all these avatars of, of voiceover and they're gonna replace human voices. So my half, not half, but let's say 20% of my job was learning more about how AI could influence the voiceover industry, uh, what kind of jobs it might take away, what kind of new work it would add. So I did it by researching the companies that were building AI and start in 2018, maybe there were like 20. I think right now there's like, a, feels like there are 20,000, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, the technology is clearly not good enough to replace anything that's broadcast worthy. But right. we see that what AI does, AI voice uh, or synthetic voice, let's use AI voice for this, uh, for this podcast, is that the, it's going into places where current voiceover, or current voice actors can go, like instant voiceover, a uh, an instant recording of the newspaper, right? or the types of VO that we're done on Fiverr, let's say I want you to record an audiobook for $20. Right that otherwise would not get recorded. That's where AI comes in. Or a scratch VO for video games. Uh, like I have a, I have, I'm developing this game. I don't have anything yet. Let me have as a placeholder this AI. Okay, yeah. So that's new kind of work. Yep. That's good. Um, but, uh, and it might, it might impact people who are very into IVR. Uh, if your sole work is IVR, it might be good to look at a wider spectrum of VO because that is one place that a lot of these companies are putting their focus on on trying to take over part of that because it's using an AI voice makes it very flexible and these are all short form things. Um, there are, however, places where AI could still go for the sake of hype. So I think there will in the next couple of years be 
work that would normally go to voice actors that would go to AI voice actors because AI is cool. Right. Uh, but in the long term, people w- would want to work with uh, with people, of course. And then what I think voice actors will have to do is, let's say by, by it's 2025, might already be next year, I think, or, the end, or in two years, I think all voice actors would have their own voiceover AI package mm-hmm. that you offer on your own website. It's a series of characters or a series of, let's say it's your IVR, IVR voice or it's your, it's your, com- your an- not your announcer, but let's say your... Um, your promo voice or your um, your corporate narration voice. And you might already have these characters that you're start offering as a package. So when you do that that job and there needs to be a pickup or there needs to be a re-recording, they will use your AI voice as a post-editing tool. Yep. Uh, so I think you'll start to offer packages your own. Right now there's work in VO where you record TTS projects. And right now the voice actor is getting paid for that. That momentum will shift as soon as AI gets cheaper to make. It's very expensive to build a model right now, between five and twelve thousand dollars. Yep. Uh, but that cost will go down, and then you will have something of your own, and you'll have to start offering it. On top of that, I see two use cases that we're trying to do on Voice Onto Three. One is uh, there. It is not an instant audition. It's like a preview of your voice in my script. Okay. So let's say I go to to your profile on Voice Onto Three, and I I can listen to your samples. I can listen to your demo. I want to quickly also listen to what your voiceover sounds like in my script. Paste the script, generate your generate the audio. Cannot download it. Just listen to it. Then I contact you. Uh, it is almost like an auditioning tool for people at the moment that let's say you are asleep. And That's it's interesting. Way. It's it's not the same as an audition because yep. that's performance. Yep. It is yep. not the same as a sample because it's a bit more. So it lives in between that space and it's instant. I think it's solving that need. So I envision, envision you having that on your website. The other thing is that what takes the most in voiceover work right now is getting from the brief to the recording and all the miscommunication in between. Right. So what an AI voice does, uh, if I want to... Uh, have you do the work. I can give you an extended brief with the tools that AI allow me to have. I can, let's say I use your voice to book you. I say, I need sort of this. I need the inflection to go up here. I need it to sound a bit like that. I want that type of voice. And then you do the actual work. So it might enhance the brief uh, part. Okay. This one I'm skeptical about, but it's the one that excites me the most because that's what every single company in this space work uh, struggles with is how to get all the information possible from a client to give to the to the creative for them to get the work and that is a very painful process so i think ai can solve that and then it's then what what you'll end up with is ai is just a tool similar to how source connect became a tool yep so that's where uh, is the that's the shortest version of the ai pitch that i have so i mean there's two things that that stand out for me when i think about the subject of ai first and foremost is it's still really hard to generate an AI voice on your yes. project. So let's say you have a 5,000 word mm-hmm. e-learning script. It's not as simple as copy that 5,000 word script into a generator, push the button and poof, you know, 30 seconds later, you have your your full 5,000 word recording. Like there's still a ton of engineering that has to get done 100%. in order to make it sound any, even halfway decent. And so that's the one thing I think, you know, the, the technology exists, but the technology is far from perfect. And so, you know, it's going to take time. But then the other thing I have said is 
it's coming whether I like it or not. So I have two choices. Mm -hmm. I can either stick my head in the sand and be angry about it, or I can embrace it and try to find a way to monetize it for my business. And I'm going to embrace it and try to find a way to monetize it for my business. So what role specifically will Voice123 play then? Are you going to be a marketplace for AI voices and, and offer casting opportunities Are you going to get into the creation of AI voices, like for talent that want to build a model that could be used for, like the instant audition, for example, that you talked about? What specifically, what role are you guys looking to play, or are you still trying to figure it out? Uh, So I've gone through multiple phases of this. I can only share you where I am now. now. So we, we, we... In 2016, already, we tried to build our own version of a text-to-speech model. Mm -hmm. Turned out... That's, that's quite an expertise and, and that's quite a different business and we can't do it. Right. We also want to just see what is possible. So we know that we should not build uh, text-to-speech and AI models. Okay. Uh, so that leaves the option of maybe exclusively partnering with one of the companies and start offering it as a solution. Okay. What I've seen is that there is no universal AI company because uh, these AI technology companies go in niches. You have one focuses only on avatars for video games right. and one that goes only after, uh, let's say, corporate narration or IVRs. And none of them are able to cross categories, okay, to cross different categories, Okay, which means that maybe we should start connecting voice actors with different AI companies so they can record the relevant uh, voice model for them. But that's also not maybe a long-term strategy for us. We decided we need to go back to the fundamental and the fundamentals are that Voice on 3 is the place where VO connects and VO happens. So we need to facilitate that. Okay. Uh, clients are sometimes interested in AI. Voice actors are sometimes interested in AI. AI companies are interested in voice actors and clients. Uh, we have a marketplace where VO happens. Maybe we should build these kind of tools similar to the audition, uh, similar to maybe that briefing part where we can leverage what AI can bring and help voice actors start selling it and then not take anything in that process. I don't think the margins are interesting enough. And I also don't, it's too complex of a model to start revenue sharing with a voice actor. Right. I just want to want them to know that if they go to voice on three, they get to work with screened AI companies, ideally with it, within a legal template that is like voice over wide voice over industry wide. Uh, support it so we need to work with the in, with the uh, unions and other influential players to make sure that this is the legal template to prevent misuse and then we can be the place where you can use ai as a tool i think that's the only business strategy that makes sense to me now so if a talent has an ai voice model right now and there are a number of talent that have been building them for the last year or so is that something that they could put on their Voice123 profile at this point then to make aware to anybody that may be seeking it out that they have an AI voice model that's available? Could they put like a demo or something? Yeah, you can already build a playlist saying this is my AI voice. These okay. are examples of my AI. We don't have the tools to then connect it to a script and for, for people to generate the AI voice, but they can sort of certainly promote that part of them. Okay. It's more that we would also like we would have to build like the functionality for you to then maybe start doing that instant audition or having clients be able to brief in your voice. Like we've been working on those functionalities, but that's not done yet. Okay. So I know in the voice one, two, three state of AI voices report, there Mm -hmm. was a line that mentions that AI voices will disrupt pricing. Yeah. Talk about that. Is it going to be across the board? Is it going to be in certain genres? Are we going to see prices fall through the basement? What what do you think is going to happen there? Well, it's going to dis- disrupt mostly how prices are being set now. 
So there's already no agreement on how to do rates, right? Yep. If you ask 10 people, you get 10 different answers. Yep. <laughs> uh, so there's going to be a hardly a consensus there. The what, what AI will do is make it more complex and therefore the need to make it more simple. So the package deal that I was mentioning earlier, where you have to then not just sell your own voiceover, but also a replica of your voiceover as a package for a project, uh, that's going to change the way you quote everything. Okay. Uh, the other thing that AI will do is it will make it very easy for people to create short form content uh, that is shorter lift than before. Right. So the time of usage will go even further down. I think compared to 10 years ago, sometimes uh, projects were reused for two to three years. Unless it's a, it's a, it's a game production, it's unlikely that audio will live long. Uh, the same will happen to what AI will drive that even further. Audio will live shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter, thus reducing most likely the price that you charge on usage and you have to maybe connect it to more to your word count or something else, but it will have an impact on the prices going down, not necessarily because AI is making it cheap, but what the content industry or the streaming industry in general is doing and how that's being sped up by the use of AI. Yep. And that's something, I mean, as I've got an AI voice model and I've already seen it, the rates are, are lower on the AI voice model, but I also don't have to do anything. Right. Like I, I, did, go. I yeah. did I did the work once and now yeah. it just the rest of it just happens and it's magic or something. <laughs> I don't know. Right. And so, I mean, it, it's understandable that that is something that's going to happen. But it's one of those things. I mean, look, voiceover has gone through just as many trends and disruptions. I mean, online casting was a disruption to the way yeah. that voiceover was always done. Right. Like. Uh, home studio was a disruption to the way that voiceover was always done. Mm -hmm. AI is going to be the next version of that. And I mean, the voice actors that figure out how to embrace it and, and yeah. work with it are the ones that are going to do well, as 100%. opposed to the ones who just, you know, be afraid and, and run from it. Plus, plus we are now the old guys as well, voice on to three. Yep. So we were, <laughs> I, when I joined the company, I thought oh, we're this, we're this disruptive company. We changed the industry, but we're about to get changed ourselves. So yep. we, we, I think we're in the same boat here that we need to move along and, and be, be flexible and fluid in this situation as well. I think what's really important is for key people in the industry, like Voice123, to be a part of the conversation, though. Because I think if we run away from the conversation, then somebody else is going to figure out how this works. But if somebody like Voice123, you know, something like the union... Uh, you know, something like GVGG and their rate guide, you know, yep. some influential voice actors. If we are all part of the conversation and how AI is going to work in the industry, at least we have the opportunity to to have some feedback and maybe provide a little bit of direction as opposed to just, you know, standing back and waiting to see what happens, which I don't think that's the solution. No, no, that won't be the solution. Defining yeah. the rules of the game together. That yeah. And in, I think the most important part of this is in the open. Yeah. Because if I learned one thing in my research is that Whenever you show clients AI voice, they say, oh, cool. I want to try it. How is the voice actor getting paid? So they're right. worried about that part. Yep. Voice actor is worried about their own work as well. Yep. AI companies, for a large majority, also want to make sure that the voice actor is fairly compensated. So there's a yep. desire for everybody to do it in the right way. Yep. It's just a lack of format and structure. Right so yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that's where we all need to work together. And I think companies like Voice123, maybe together with the union, ideally with other like bigger, maybe some agencies uh, together come up with, okay, this is a template. Let's say this is a legal template or yep. this is a pricing structure that we all support. I think then the rest will, fo will follow. Yeah, I think that's the way to make it happen. Yeah. 
All right. So, I mean, we've already talked about some of the stuff that Voice123 is working on. The booking system is something, again, relatively new and, and something that's evolving. Still working on trying to figure out what the solution is to some of the, the ranking issues, but it sounds like that's something you guys are actively in pursuit of the solution. Are there any other changes coming to the algorithm or the platform that are in the pipeline that you can give us a little bit of a sneak preview or a heads up on? <laughs> uh, so I don't think any more fundamental changes to the algorithm that, uh, that creates a lot of uh, news and noise that I don't necessarily <laughs> need or want. Uh, but You thought it was going to be fun to be the CEO and then they brought you in right in the middle of that and threw you right oh, into the fire. <laughs> that was quite a, it's quite a moment, yes. Mark. Uh, but we're here now, so I, know I sort of forgot about it. <laughs> but what I, <laughs> I think what we're working on mostly is, okay, what is the, like the remainder of the year is, what is the right functionality for AI? Uh, we want to make sure, there's a, a dashboard that we've been working on for our voice actors to have a better insight. Okay, what am I actually earning on Voice on the 3? Mm -hmm. Not just from what I get booked, but also from the kind of projects that maybe give you likes. Okay. We've already started to show you who are the clients that are liking you. So we want to give you like a more of an overview of, okay, this is what Voice on 3 is bringing to your business. But to be honest, 80% or 90% of my work is always, how do we get that next generation of client? How do we get that right. new client that is not yet on Voice on the 3? That's where most of my, my team's efforts go. For example, we're trying to revamp the way that you start as a client, educating you more on how the system works, educating you more importantly on how voiceover industry works because clients don't work in the voiceover industry, only voice actors do. So getting them acquainted with that side, with the, the place that they're at. Uh, most of my work is on, on the client side of the platform right now. So that, that brings me to one final question then, because you, you mentioned it and it sparked one for me. You're spending 80% of your time trying to get clients on the platform, which is obviously, yeah. that's what voice actors want to hear, right? We sign up mm -hmm. because we want to see audition opportunities. Are you seeing audition opportunities continuing to grow? Are you seeing audition opportunities level off? What's been going on in the platform in the last month or two? Well, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, possible recession and, and an inflationary pressure and all of that sort of stuff. Are you seeing anything at, the, at this point or are we still, you know, full steam ahead and jobs every day? <laughs> well, full steam ahead, but it... Uh, um... I'm also, I think we're a bit of a lagging indicator. So if, uh, let's say if the recession and maybe a couple of months later, we we notice it on Voice on the 3, there might be, there's there's already a trend that there's fewer ad money being spent mm -hmm. industry-wide, yep. right? So yep. that, that's bound to have an impact on Voice on the 3 yep. as it has an impact on other places. The good thing for us as a company is that uh, that people are still moving further away from the traditional agent and agency model and more to wanting directly work with the voice actor. Yep. So as part of that process, that clientele is, is finding Voice on 3, which is compensating for that loss, which means that we're still growing in terms of numbers of jobs posted. Nice. Uh, so that's good. But it feels always a bit weird that when the uh, economy is going a bit poorly, then we see an increase here. Uh, but I think it's a, it's a nature of people moving more online and, and us being one of the few online choices that are recommended. Right on. All right. Well, Rolf, thank you so much. I, I really do appreciate the transparency and the honesty. You know what? I love the fact that I asked you a couple of questions and you're like, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a good answer for that. I appreciate that so much more than, you know, trying to BS your way through it or whatever, but, but it's good to know that these are things that you guys are thinking about, that there's, there's things that you're working on. And, and 
I mean, for the challenges that have been presented through Voice123, I think still, hands down, it's one of the best platforms for a voice actor to sign up on. I still think it's one of the most fair platforms. You know, again, there's challenges. But I also think the voice actor needs to understand more than just their side of the equation. And I think that's where the challenge mm-hmm. comes in, right? We only yep. we only see our little piece of how this whole entire site works and how everything comes together. But hearing you explain it from you know a back-end standpoint and how this impacts the client side and the research that you're doing with the clients to keep clients happy. And there's there's a lot of moving parts that have to come together to make everything work. Yeah. If I've learned one thing, it's never simple, which yeah. makes it so hard. Yeah. Well, I... I'm grateful for you to, to to take the time and to answer some of those questions and give us some insights. And thank you for everything that you're doing on the platform, because, I mean, I know that there are a lot of talent that probably wouldn't have a career without it. And so there are many in the industry that are grateful for it. So thank you for everything that you guys are doing and continue to do to uh, try to make the industry a better place. Thanks, Mark. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks. So the website, voice123.com, obviously, and I will get a link to the uh, to the resource in order to be able to maximize your profile. It's crazy to me that twenty only 20% of people on the site have actually filled out their profile properly. I can tell you right now, I'm guilty. I have a free profile, and it has not been probably updated in six years. And so I'm going to take that free resource and, and do some tweaks on mine as well. So we'll get that put in there. If you want to check it out again, the website, obviously, voice123. Thank you so much, Rolf. I appreciate you being here with me. Thanks, Mark. What an incredibly insightful interview, and I really do appreciate the transparency that Rolf brought. He recognizes that there are challenges with the algorithm. He acknowledges that there are problems with the ranking system, and it is something that Voice123 is actively working on. But sometimes voice actors need to remember that there are two sides to this coin. There is the voiceover voice actor side. But there's also the client side and making sure that they're meeting the needs of the client as well. And so somewhere in there, we'll find that balance eventually. And I don't know about you, but I've got to get my profile updated. The fact that only 20% of voice actors on the site have a completed profile, I think that means that a lot of us need to do some serious updating to our profile. Did you enjoy this interview? Would you let me know and tag me in your Instagram stories at Mark Scott? Tag Voice123 as well at Voice123 and let them know that you enjoyed this episode. Make sure that you go back and check out all of the other online casting series CEO interviews as well. If you haven't done it already, they're available in the archives at vopreneur.com or of course, wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur Podcast, available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. Having your voiceover demos easily playable and downloadable on your website is essential. The VoiceAm player lets you do that across any device and browser. There are also options for adding play buttons in your email signature, tracking your listens, and even putting videos in your demo player. Sign up now at voiceam.com slash markscott and receive an instant $25 credit. For full details and to claim this offer, visit voicesam.com slash markscott. And see. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more Vopreneur goodness? Jump online at vopreneur.com.